Before we get going today, do you remember the story from a few weeks ago about the ghost of Kiev? The, the Ukrainian pilot who reportedly became the first ace pilot of the 21st century. And I was, I loved airplanes as a kid. I was kind of sucked in by the story and the video footage. And I made that our central image for today. Anyway, Easter is four weeks away from today. So between now and then, we're going to be looking into the person who ultimately sentenced Jesus to death, Pontius Pilate. Now, in the Ethiopian church tradition, Pilate is actually considered a saint for things that he did later in his life. Now, in other church traditions, Pilate is often viewed as a villain. He's, he's complex. He's one of the few people in the story of Jesus' life that we actually have a written record of outside the Bible. Here's what we know about him. Pilate was assigned as the Roman prefect of Judea. And he got, this, he got this assignment by his patron politician. There was a guy named Lucius Alias Sejanus. And this was a tough assignment. Jewish revolutionaries were actively looking to kick the Romans out, to reclaim Judea for Jews. And they were looking for a Messiah, an anointed leader, to lead them as had happened in the past. Now, it was Pilate's job to make sure that that didn't happen. His job was to maintain peace, Pax Romana, through power. And if there was a Jewish revolution, Pilate was going to die. He was either going to die at the hands of the revolutionaries or at the hands of the emperor for failing his mission. Now, Pilate didn't actually live in Jerusalem. Usually, he was up at his palace further north in Caesarea, and actually not too far from Nazareth. And we don't know this for sure, but it's pretty likely that the reason Pilate was even in Jerusalem at the same time as Jesus was that he had come down to project Passover peacekeeping power during the holiday when Jesus was arrested. Pilate is in Jerusalem with the intent to find and put down revolutionaries who might be inspired by the freedom story of the Passover. Here's what John's version says happened after Jesus was arrested. The Jewish leaders led Jesus from Caiaphas to the Roman governor's palace. It was early in the morning. So that they could eat the Passover, the Jewish leaders wouldn't enter the palace. Entering the palace would have made them ritually impure. So Pilate went out to them and asked, What charge do you bring against this man? They answered, If he had done nothing wrong, we wouldn't have handed him over to you. Pilate responded, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jewish leaders replied, The law doesn't allow us to kill anyone. Now this was so Jesus' word might be fulfilled when he indicated how he was going to die. Pilate went back into the palace. He summoned Jesus and asked, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others spoken to you about me? Pilate responded, 
I'm not a Jew, am I? Your nation and its chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus replied, My kingdom doesn't originate from this world. If it did, my guards would fight so that I wouldn't have been arrested by the Jewish leaders. My kingdom isn't from here. So you are a king? Pilate asked. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. I was born and came into this world for this reason, to testify to the truth. Whoever accepts the truth listens to my voice. What is truth? Pilate asked. Pilate wasn't interested in Jewish theology or the prophecies or the squabbles. What he knows is that the empire has a deal with the Jewish temple leaders. The priests are to keep the taxes flowing and Rome keeps them in their comfortable positions. And it's in the priest's interest to keep the peace with Rome. And so when they bring Pilate a prisoner to be sentenced to death, Pilate just needs a single answer. Is Jesus another potential Messiah to, to be put down as an example? So he simply asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answers with that question. He is asking Pilate to own his own stuff. He's saying, whom do you trust? Where is your faith, Pilate? What truths do you claim? Now, Pilate is an educated man from Rome, and he is not interested in getting into some philosophical debate with a Jewish peasant. What he wants to know is if Jesus had any sort of revolutionary messianic thoughts about being a Jewish king. And instead, Jesus pushes Pilate to own his own truth. And Pilate blithely brushes it off, cynically saying, what is truth? Who's to say that your truth is somehow better than mine? So what I want to ask you today is the same question that Jesus asked. What is truth to you? Why do you believe what you believe? What sources do you regard as true? You and I are living in a post-truth time, and that was the Oxford Dictionary's word of the year back in 2016. And it's living in a time when facts are less influential in shaping public opinion then appeals to emotion or personal belief. And you can hear people, they'll make absolute statements like, Jesus or, or the Bible is the truth, without explaining what that means to them. Or you hear people say things like, I believe in science. And I'm going to be honest, that one kind of drives me nuts because it treats science like a religion to be believed and not a method for exploring our universe. And each day we are fed news from sources who those sources decided what the top stories are. Or worse, we're fed lies and disinformation. And so I'm going to tell you, I completely bought into the ghost of Kiev a few weeks ago because I thought that it was carried by a news source that I trust. 
And it all turned out that it was a fabrication. It was a lie. The footage was actually from a video game. Oops. And I got sucked into the lie. And I had to ask myself, why? In the midst of a post-truth world, how do you decide what is the truth? All of us are constantly facing that question, whether we stop to think about it or not. Now, there are those who try to make a distinction between facts and values. Facts are indicated and become theories, never proven. Theories must always be tested and reevaluated by free scientific, value-free scientific method. And our values come from religion and culture. And then the idea is that you can take both of these things to make decisions for the common good. And that sounds good on paper. But in a a post-truth world of alternative facts and cultural and religious diversity, it's not always so clear. What Jesus was asking Pilate to do was to claim his truth. Why do you think the way you think? Now, when I hear Jesus saying, I am the way the truth, and the life. I hear Jesus talking about a way of living, a way of living with core values, the the truth of inclusivity, of nonviolence, mercy, justice, and compassion. Those are the values that I see in Jesus. And that's how I have come to know God, how God wants me to live the days that I have. Not through a, a list of dogmatic rules or creeds, and not entirely through self-interest. So what about you? How do you respond to Jesus as truth? Now, here's some things that come up pretty often in Bible studies. One of the questions people will ask is, why didn't Jesus just write down or maybe have somebody else write down everything? Why did it take decades for the first written stories of Jesus' life to be recorded. This is interesting because a big difference between Jesus' time and ours is the trust of what is written and recorded. We've tended, although I think this may be changing a little bit, we tend to trust published words over spoken ones. If we read it in a book or see it published by the media, it tends to carry more weight than if your Uncle Paul says so. Things were different in Jesus' day. The trustworthiness of a story came more from the storyteller because anyone, anyone could write something down. You don't know them. But if you got the word straight from the mouth of someone you trusted, that carried more weight. The story of Jesus was carried by those who were there. The written gospels were only done to try to capture those stories from those who had carried them and were getting old. We're living in post-truth times. Religion, the media, our, our leaders, They've all been compromised, bought off even. 
So Jesus turned to Pilate to ask him to own his stuff, his truth. To look deeper inside and ask a, ask a question with integrity. And I'm asking you the same thing. What is truth to you? What sources of authority do you trust? Because in the midst of all of the divisions, the conflicts of his time, Pilate had the opportunity to deeply consider a question of truth. Ultimately, a question of trust. And how he responded to that question shaped the course of his life. Some, the, the Ethiopian church, for example, believed that Pilate's response eventually led him to become a follower of Christ, to choose a different kingdom to serve. Maybe. So what about you? What is your truth? Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, in Jesus Christ, you were born to testify to the truth. And you invite us into a new way of living in a kingdom that is not of this world. And we've been surrounded by disinformation and lies. And so we pray for the wisdom and the courage for the living of these post-truth days. Put people of humility and compassion into our lives to show us your way of living in peace. Hear us as we pray together. Amen.